Did you want to open? I mean, I, I can try. I've never had to open the show before. I don't know what to say. I mean, I could start off with an opinion, but my opinions aren't worth anything because they are cheap. I'm Chad Waller, and I'm with Cameron. Hi, Cameron. I'm Cameron. This is the word. <laughs> I'm glad we're starting this way. Uh-huh. And welcome to Opinions Are Cheap, which I, I title dropped uh-huh. in the intro like a sly fox. Uh-huh. You okay? Uh-huh. Am I actually hosting? Uh-huh. Uh, Cameron has turned into a spooky ghost. I wish I was a spooky ghost. I'd be like that fat one from Casper. (laughs) I just want to eat food. How could you be fat as a ghost? Because you you can't actually eat anything. It just goes right through you. His name's Fatso. He died that way. Oh, that sucks. I I remember watching Casper. I don't remember anything about it. Other than like, there were like, I think three ghosts. (laughs) There were four, Shit, I wanted and I to, loved all of them. I wanted to be like, they're the three amigos, but there were four. <laughs> that joke doesn't work. The four must ghoul tears. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. No, I won't. I take that <laughs> one back. <laughs> it was a jolly good try. I don't know. We were having a really good pre-show, and you had a point you wanted to say before you lose it. Well... So you were talking about an episode of Family Guy and how like they did his lowest common uh, lowest common denominator because she's Lois. <laughs> I didn't even try. Where she's like, that's good. She's like, Brian is dead. No, everyone knows that Brian is dead because her audience is stupid. And I was on a a forum and people were arguing that like people nitpick movies too much and like so there's like more exposition in movies because people are maybe too stupid and they just have to be spoon fed facts to get so things go along which got me thinking about comic books which is a lot of exposition in comic books and like the newest issue of uh, Black Panther came out and it was basically just like the whole issue was like here's Black Panther's backstory there's no really fun stuff there and then Polygon was just like if you're not reading Black Panther now is the time to start because this is the best Black Panther issue ever and it's like all it is is facts there's no story and I'm wondering if like there's a systemic problem where people are stupid. I think <clears throat> I don't think there's more stupid people, but more stupid people, like percentage wise, have gained access to podiums and soapboxes and microphones where it's like th- there used to be stupid people that like would go see a Transformers movie and they enjoy it and they'd go see a smarter movie and get confused. But now that they're on Twitter, they can start a campaign to talk about how uh, Pirates of the Caribbean's plot is way too confusing and they don't like it. And it starts a whole campaign that the movie's bad when those people always existed. Sure, man. But they weren't like validated all the time. a special kind of fucking idiot to think Pirates of the Caribbean's plot is, is, is confusing. There's a lot of people out there that say it's just there's way too much going on. There's these characters. There's magic. I don't know. I mean, those are valid complaints, but it's not confusing. It's just busy. Yeah, but when they when they say that they don't understand the ending, it's like I thought was he? Why was he a skeleton? Was I? Uh, he's not a skeleton. <laughs> Everyone else's what? Uh 
I don't know. I mostly just talk and about really movies that, with pretentious this, people. Um, so I'm, my well, this this uh this fifth Pirates movie, they do a lot more exposition and it's a lot more simple. I never did see and the it fifth makes one. Them, it's not worth seeing. Like it's so boring, and they spoon feed you like you're just saying. Um, like the it used to be that these characters had complicated relationships and backstories. And then this one, it's like they introduce a new bad guy, and he literally just monologues about how I was hunting all the pirates, and then Jack Sparrow uh, tricked me, and my boat sank, and now that's why I must stop Jack Sparrow. And also, I was trapped in the ghost cavern, but also, when he gave away the compass, that's how I got out of the ghost cavern, because there's a curse on the compass that if you give it away, bad luck will happen. So now that's why and how I got away from the boat, only now, and I didn't appear in the last movies. Huh. And this is all in, like, one long scene. And I'm just sitting there going, like, what? what's the point of any of this? Even though he's explaining the plot. It's like, you know, if, if you dropped hints and then actually had, like, cool sword fights or something, I wouldn't care. But now I'm just getting bored. Right. I, I remember, like, the first Pirates movie is, like, the best one because Jack is, like, a co-lead. Like, he's the... He's, there's other main characters in that. It's not just him being like slapstick idiot. There was like kind yes. of something special about him that was really fun. And then they're just like, what if we double down upon that in the next movies? And then there's really no other leads. It's just him. And it's like, I uh... liked how they killed him in the second movie. I did too. And the third one, even though they brought him back, it's like, he's not there the whole time mm-hmm. and he's involved and he does this like crazy, you know, these plans and schemes and stuff. But he spends enough time not on camera that I feel like it works. And then four and five is, well, I haven't saw five, but like four, I feel like he was in it a lot. Yeah. And it's just kind of weird. Four was super forgettable. Like, I think there was a mermaid. Yeah. I mean, I liked Blackbeard and I liked the way that Blackbeard was this formidable, like intimidating, scary pirate. And he had like a magic sword and you believed everything. It's like. When you look at the guy standing there, it's like, oh, man, the legends are true. And then every scene without him in it, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I I, I will say I generally like the Pirates movies. Uh, they're, they're fun adventure flicks. Um, the, the best thing is the music, though. Yeah. I'll play For Honor, and then I'll, like, I'll be playing with Richard. And if I'm dead, but like he's he's the last man standing, and he just has to defend this one point, and he's fighting off two guys, I'll hold my phone up to my microphone, playing pirates music. Nice. And it's and it's like he'll start laughing, but he's also like fighting, and he's like balancing on a thing, and like trying to push the guys off, and it's it's just it gets you pumped. Yeah, like like a good Pirates of the Caribbean like reminds me of like Alestorm, like. And put not their newest album, which isn't very good, but like their other albums, which yeah. are really fun. And it's just like this is really well, cool like, pirate shit. I like this a lot. It's like their new ones are like the new pirates movies. Yeah. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do a bring us down with, with, with music. I don't know or something. Well no, I'm trying to remember what what was our We were gonna talk today? about kids movies. Oh yeah, kids movies. Which uh we just saw um, what were we gonna talk about? There was one. We saw the My Little Pony movie. That's right. It just came out in DVD. We are, we are two grown men drinking vodka and talking about My Little Pony. I. Well, hmm. 
Again, Did you want to give like your feeling of the movie? I can I can do a little little, little synopsis summary of my feelings. Okay, it was fine. <laughs> That's a good synopsis. I mean, I can go further. Like, no, you're not wrong though. I I think that's that's my takeaway. I <laughs> I think it it kind of reminded me like it was three separate episodes that just kind of they strung them together with you know it's like hey let's go to the the pirate town for a little bit. Okay, let's go on the pirate boat for a little bit. Okay, let's go see the mermaids for a little bit. Okay, let's have a finale for a little bit. Okay, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. There was, I don't know, like the the show excels when it's doing like really good character work, and then the movie had like no time for any of that because there's so many characters and there's so many places to visit. I I think I told you this, but I wish the movie was just about Twilight and Tempest, um, like trapped somewhere and they have to like rely on each other. And Twilight doesn't trust her, and Tempest doesn't want to cooperate. But then the you know blah blah friendship, and they overcome their differences. Blah blah blah, and it could have meaning through character growth. Yeah, but it's like they they kind of hint at it. Like there's a there's a really good like villain song where Tempest is singing and trying to explain to Twilight why she's being a jerk. And it's like oh, okay, I understand where she's coming from, even though she's wrong. And then they don't really do anything with that. No. It was also funny. She's like, "I'm nothing like you," and then she broke into song, which is what ponies do when when they don't know what to do. It was a song about a friend. And it was a song about friends, and so it's like you're exactly like her. You're just a different color scheme. It was, and barely. They're both purple. I don't know. Yeah. I I thought her design was cool, like how she has a broken horn, she's so like she scar. can't do magic the same anymore. Um, I liked the like the cat character had cool design, Man, here's, but he doesn't actually matter. I like the cat character, but here's my problem with the cat character is there was a comic book with him in it that was really good, and I liked how he was in the comic book, and then he's nothing like that in the movie. It's like the show notes oh, really? they got for the comic, they ended up were like out of date or something. And part of huh. like the comic is like it ends and he's betrayed by his friend, and so now he's a dick. Um, but just like his manner of like speech. Um, and how he kind of carried himself was like completely different. Well, it's kind of like General Grievous. Did you ever see the uh, the Clone Wars cartoon? Oh yeah, Once Upon a Time. The they they gave far, far the away. animators like <clears throat> okay, I'll give you that one. They gave the animators like a still picture of what Grievous looks like, and say, so "Here's the droid general. Uh, we're still working on him, but you can use him in your dumb cartoon." And so what they did was they went nuts and they had this great animation sequence where he like he one on six fights a group of Jedi and kills four of them. And he's scary the whole time. Like, it's crazy. And then you see him in the movie and he has this great new voice actor, but they didn't use any of the stuff from the cartoon. And like Obi-Wan kind of just pushes him over and shoots him with a gun. And he's got a cough. And and, and well, they explained the cough in the cartoon. Okay. It's frustrating. In fact, that was Mace Windu. Um, General Grievous is the one that abducted the Senator Palpatine. And as they were fleeing, Mace Windu tried to like force pull him, and Grievous held onto the ship so tight that he didn't move, but it pulled his chest out and it like ripped out one of his lungs. Oh wow! So he was still nursing that wound in the movie, which everyone walks out of that movie going like, "What's with the cough?" And say, like, yeah, why did why did they frame the story like this? So, 
I guess, I don't know if we want to get back to MLP or if we want to actually just dive into, like, kids' movies, because MLP as, like, a kids' movie, I guess, is fine. Um, and that's even if you factor I, out some of, like, the, like the, you know, the, the busy writing or whatever. But I want to talk about the songs. Well, you talk about the songs. I think uh, the show has some good show tunes in it. Generally. And I feel like this movie was a grab bag of good and bad songs. Yeah, none of them really stuck out. Like, I like Tempest's song. Hers was pretty good, and then Saya's at the end was fine. Is like a pop it was song. Fine. I, I kind of liked um, Rainbow Dash's song. Yeah, but I honestly can't remember it. So I guess I didn't like so it. So it much. felt like a little like lyrically lazy. But it was still it was cute. And it was animated well, mm-hmm. so it was a fun sequence, even if the song wasn't special. It's crazy, like, when I think back to the show, though, how many of, like, the songs I can remember being really good. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Art of the Dress, just even going back to season one, um, Winter Wrap-Up, you got Smile, 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 um, the Bab Seed song. I, <laughs> I, I literally, I hum Winter Wrap-Up to myself every last day of winter. Like, at work, I'll be, like, doing stuff, and I'll be humming that song, and someone's like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know, it's just Eminem. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it's weird like because the, the show has some really really great great tunes um applejack had a really good one and i think season four um uh, something like even it was like simple but it was just like a really like catchy fun you know acoustic guitar song or whatever and, like yeah like the movie didn't really have anything memorable other than maybe tempest song and then rainbow dashes was kind of fun because it fit her personality really well I oh and you mentioned something else too about the uh like the princesses the more powerful ones yeah, they just get fucking they, frozen right away and but that's the every episode of the show too mm-hmm. it's like every time they need something like climactic it's like okay the most powerful ponies in all existence are trapped in the dream mirror okay we're okay now it's about the main characters again yeah they they get turned to stone they get imprisoned and their magic gets stripped away the Tyrek thing kind of made sense because they gave their magic to Twilight as kind of a bait and switch. And then Twilight had like three powerful magics inside her so she could fight Tyrek like a Dragon Ball Z villain, which was awesome. And then the show never did anything I, like that again. I liked um, how they did it with Discord because he's believable as a powerful force. Like he, he feels immortal in a way these other characters feel mortal. Yeah. But then some of these other ones where it's like, I'm an evil wizard and I just froze him. Now what are you going to do? That was a that was a problem with my thing with the movies. Like, where the fuck was Discord? Well, but also what's with the rest of this world? It's like they go on this whole thing and see all these horrible places where no one's happy. And it's like, I really thought there was a lot more happy places in this universe. But it's like, now I feel like all oh, these ponies lived in some sort of like privileged corner of the world where they're completely you know they have all the resources they need to live happy lives and the rest of the world is like shriveling away yeah it doesn't well it, it partly doesn't make sense because like they go around and like twilight's like this isn't equestria like our friendship stuff doesn't isn't going to work here which is why she tries to steal that pearl thing later on and it's like motherfucker you've been to the griffin place which isn't in equestria you've been to the yak place You've been to the dragon place, and you've made friends in all of these places. Why would this not work here? Well, especially when, like, 
uh, Princess Celestia specifically said, we need the hippogriffs to help. It's like, okay, so she has an in with the hippogriffs. Right. And she's like, oh, I know. I'll just steal it because I know better. That's a that's what the Princess of Friendship would do. At the same time, I was really happy she did that because, for one thing, it actually showed she's got some character flaws left in her um, mm-hmm. that aren't just like, oh, man, books. That's fair. And it, it felt like it was like one of the first smart things she tried to do that whole fucking journey because – Pinkie Pie and Rainbow Dash spent that whole journey like basically sabotaging them. And so when she's mad yeah. at them, it's it feels like legit. Like it's like, yeah, you almost got us fucking killed like six times in the last hour because you're idiots. And I don't remember them ever being that stupid in the show. I don't know. Rainbow Dash is stupid. She is. And Pinkie Pie is destructive, but it just felt like it was so it was less for jokes and more like, oh man, now we just have a plot problem because Pinkie Pie like destroyed this fan wheel and now we gotta run from it did you ever see that max Gallardi cartoon about Pinkie pie no and how she got addicted to sex and drugs no um and there's a part where she published a book about how her parents abused her oh wait this is our so familiar um, and uh there's an interview with her parents and her- Pinkie pie's dad is voiced by garrett hunter from mega 64 nice and I believe his exact quote is, um, I did not, quote, force my daughter to put glass in her vagina. Mm. Yeah, I remember that line. That, that's, that's I've, a, I've seen that's this a at good some line. point. Fuck, I need to go back and rewatch that. Oh, yeah, that might be my glad space. There you go. Talking about kids' cartoons and glass and vagina. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think. We're on the same page with the Pony movie. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of why I'm not watching the show right now. That's fair. Because I feel like this this first few seasons had a lot of charm and personality. And I feel like they did what they could creatively. And the show's no longer entertaining for me. And it's not to say it's bad because it's, I mean, it's aimed at children anyway. It's like I'm not the target audience. Right. But I'm not watching it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know why I still watch it other than I guess what's a half an hour out of my week. Yeah, and it's I mean, still, and I watch a lot of garbage. It's still cute, gonna... so you know, like I really like the animation. Yeah. I like the the character designs. So there's some value there. I actually, I just saw a clip from an episode where there's like an evil version of Celestia, the same way there was Nightmare Moon. Yeah, the... and I thought that was a neat concept. Like, I, I, they're clearly not completely devoid of ideas. Right. I'll give them that. No, okay. Here's what I want to transition to from the MLP movie to other kids' movies. Because my one of my big problems with the movie was how it handled like the mischief violence that was going on. Because Equestria is being mm-hmm. taken over by like pirates and airships, and they have swords and armor, and these are like bad dudes. And they're going to steal all their magic and imprison the princesses. And then you have like the climactic fight scene, and like Pinkie Pie's throwing cupcakes at the villains, and like that's effective. Mm-hmm. And then you have the then you have uh, the, the cat use Spike as a flamethrower and actually light people on fire, and that's also effective. <laughs> And I feel like there's there's some dissonance there. No, you're right. I think I noticed the same thing where it's like, well, wait, are they? Yeah, whatever. But my, this has been a problem with my with the property since like its inception. Though is like there's largely like when there's a really big bad villain and the that logical action is to like beat the shit out of that villain or kill them. It doesn't happen. And I feel like other kids' movies, like I don't think back to like Disney movies, like there's there's danger going on. If the characters get into a fight, like there's some stakes there, and it's like, oh, they're sword fighting. There's actually going to be like someone could get stabbed in this sword fight, even though it's in a kids' movie. 
I mean, Mufasa mm-hmm. got thrown off a fucking thing and, and died in, in, you know, The Lion King. Like, there's danger, and I feel like the, it's really not present in this one, and it doesn't work because the actual danger they're in feels pretty legitimate. If that makes sense. No, it does. I, I don't know why, but you, you mentioned something about uh, violence in cartoons. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it reminds me of a recurring gag on Robot Chicken. I, I, I don't know. Um, I think He-Man's maybe the best example, but I know they did this with G.I. Joe, where they'd have skits where somebody actually gets injured while they're fighting. And they don't know how to deal with it because, like, it's the first time I've ever hit somebody with one of these bullets. <laughs> um, and it's like the the way they handle the stuff. It's like you think of GI Joe and you think of these military forces and they got tanks and guns and stuff, but also nothing actually happens on screen. Yeah. And it's um, there's an interesting Netflix series right now about toys. I think it's called The Toys That Made Us. Yep. And each episode is about a different toy. And the GI Joe one especially is interesting. Like they're all neat for their own reasons. But when they're trying to get the brand together, they went to Marvel and said, hey, we read a comic book about these G.I. Joe characters. And this ex-military guy was writing the comic. And it was neat because, like, they would kill guys. Like, it was like, there's terrorists. You'd kill them, man. <laughs> um, and then when they wanted to migrate this story to an animated show, the network wouldn't allow any, like, actual violence. And the the writer from Marvel, like, <laughs> he's it's like he's still frustrated to this day that... It's like it, it almost demeans what it means to sacrifice and be in the military to just sort of imply that everyone has nerf guns and it's okay. Yeah, it's it's really weird for something like G.I. Joe. But I think the Transformers stuff is always like that too, where like they'll shoot each other and be like, Oh, I'm hurt, let's let's escape. But no one like no one's ever really in any danger because they're toy you know. Yeah, but even with Transformers, it's like they're robots and they're shooting lasers. So it's like even that can make contact and it's like, oh, okay, he got hit, he's you know, it's the same as laser tag. Yeah. And they say there's consequence, so you believe it. Yeah. When it's just guys with guns, and it's like, ah, G.I. Joe, we do, you you defeated us this time. I mean, um, you know, because I, I, I wrote that book about talking toys, and I have, like, the characters kind of address that, where it's like, you know, I swing my sword, but no one ever gets cut, because it's made out of plastic, and they're made out of plastic. Oh, yeah. So, like, no, I forgot. You, you wrote that whole book about this same yeah, concept, almost. <laughs> where there's, like, this escalation, where there's, like... There's fantasy violence, and there's, like, the chess people that have their rules, but it doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. And then it escalates to actual violence, and it's it's an interesting, you know, exploration at what this really means to these characters and their, their way of life. Well, yeah, because, you know, BP-6 gets the, he, he gets a lighter, which is, like, to them a flamethrower, and, like, everyone's like, well, fuck, that, that thing will kill people. <laughs> we want that. Because we're toys, and we have to fight the other toys, because those are our rules. I don't know. It's a it's a brave new take on a fun concept uh, for young and old and any publishers out there. You know, hey, hit up Chad. Yeah, quick. agents, please stop rejecting me already. Come on. You're not supposed to say that part. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, um, I haven't sent it out yet. I hope people like it. Wink, wink. But uh, yeah, the in in the in the pony movie especially. It's like, of course, these characters cannot, like, uh, no one's going to use their unicorn horn to stab somebody. But at the same time, it's like there's this threat that the kingdom's being invaded. 
So there's got to be some amount of conflict. Especially since, like, everybody gets turned into, like, slaves at the end, and they're like, all walking around, and people are in cages. And it's like, there's got to be more conflict here than just, like, oh, I threw cupcakes. Like, the consequences to this, to not succeeding, are really big. And I also feel like a lot of these characters have, like, weird supernatural powers. You know, like, Rainbow Dash has her, her rain boom or whatever, and that's kind of a special thing that she does. But there's other Pegasi that can do crazy stuff. And, you know, the uh, the Earth Ponies are, you know, naturally strong. Like, I, it's hard to believe that they would all just kind of give up because they're nice. Well, even, like, you go back to, to, a degree. to the, the Changeling episode. There's, like, an actual fight scene in that episode where, like, Applejack is, like, kicking Changelings in the face. And so yeah. like, there's actual cartoon violence there, and it's not in the movie. I like when she jumps out and she's like, hey, buck you, and she kicks him. I don't know if the, that exact quote was there, but I mean, the you know, or like Pinkie Pie is shooting her party cannon at people, but you know, like, like that's kind of funny cartoon violence, but at least like, you know, getting hit with a present out of a cannon would hurt. It might not kill you, but it would hurt. And so like, there's at least physicality to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's not in the movie. You kind of like pirates with swords, but they're not allowed to like actually do anything but like hit the other person's sword. So here's a movie I like that I believe is a kid's movie. Um, It got bad reviews at the time. So I feel like maybe I, I don't know if this is from like prudish parents that don't understand what they're looking at or where the bad reviews came from. But a lot of people don't seem to like it except for like people my age. Um, But I don't know. Have you seen the Powerpuff Girls movie? Um, I imagine I've I've seen it, like, on Cartoon Network, you know, when it came out. It's actually free on YouTube right now. Powerpuff Girls was a fucking violent cartoon. Yeah, it was. (laughs) There was, like, actual guns with bullets and... They, like, beat the shit out of people, and and then you see, like, bruises and broken teeth and and stuff. Well, you'd see broken fingers. Like, it was... They got, like, hands-on... You know, but the the movie is fun because it's about their origin story. So it's like their first day of life. And it's about the professor finding out like, oh, wait, they have superpowers. I messed up somewhere. But also this is kind of neat. And they're trying to fit in, but they don't realize like the, you know, the responsibility that comes with great power. Sure. And so like their first day of kindergarten, it's really interesting because they, they start playing tag. But then the three girls like start escalating it and they don't realize what they're doing, but they end up tearing up the whole town because they just start running faster and it's like disintegrating the concrete behind them. And they like push each other and it like they fly through a building and it's like that Superman movie where he destroys the whole city by accident. And what's neat is they feel so guilty about how destructive their powers are that uh, they stop using them like entirely. And they just, like, they walk home, and they're depressed and stuff. And at some point, they actually, like, <laughs> they they get so upset with how rejected they are that they just flee to the moon, like Dr. Manhattan. Nice. And um, they're just, like, up on the moon, and Bubbles is, like, crying in the empty void of space. And they're just, like, sitting quietly, thinking of themselves. And when the city's in trouble and everyone's calling for help, they, like, fly back to the city as fast as they can. 
and they're trying to say, you know, the monkeys are invading, da, 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 and they're trying to save everybody, but it's getting to the point where they're overwhelmed and they can't keep, like, grabbing people and pushing them out of the way because there's just too many people and there's too many things going on. And then somebody accidentally punches one of the monkeys out and it's like they, they connect the dots. It's like, wait a minute, maybe violence is the answer in this situation. And they become the Powerpuff Girls and they start violently destroying all these monkeys. And it's kind of funny because the moral of the story is like if you have power, it's in your responsibility to use it responsibly. Right. But that includes violence. Which is a way more interesting conclusion than hey, friendship saved the day again. Yeah. And it's not to say that friendship can't save the day, but sometimes it can, sometimes it can't, and there's different kinds of conflicts. I mean, like the MLP movies, like, we gotta go and find the hippogriffs. It's like, motherfucker, you know Twilight's like best friends with the uh, the leader of the dragons, right? Like, they did that last season. Why don't you go get the dragons? <laughs> They're bigger, and they breathe fire. And then you could have this fucking cool-ass fight scene where they're lighting ships on fire and slamming people into the buildings with their tails and screaming, and there's, you know. I don't know if this is a plot hole, but what were the hippogriffs going to do? I don't know. They were fucking... Like, in Celestia's head, was it like, they have the anti-monkey gems. We just bring them away, you know, we'll bring them here and the monkeys will go away. Like, I... It's like was she just was she calling for war? Like call in the dwarves of Moria. I think it was more like, well, they have a way for us to escape. We'll all just turn into sea ponies like they did, and then hide in the water. But it's like that's not an answer. That's stupid. It it was stupid. I I expected to find like, like I I wanted them to not find the hippogriffs at all. That'd be cool. I mean, even like the whole point was like. For a while, they thought they were looking for the Queen of the Hippos. I like that. And that was a cute gag, but I kind of wish they went the whole movie not realizing that the Hippogriffs would have helped the whole time. Like, I feel like that would have been funny if the Hippogriffs never came into play. You know what would have been like, you know, fucking if so- amazing? If someone said, there is no Queen of the Hippos, we have to do this ourselves," and then they find the strength and, you know. Sure. I, I wish... I wish they at least, like, that there had been a stinger to the movie where Starlight shows up after the fact, and she's got, like, an army of dragons and Discord by her side, and she's like, okay, Twilight. Oh, she wasn't... I've, was she in this at all? She's she's in the background as a kind of a little, like, cameo with Trixie uh, in the opening song. Okay. But it would have been so funny if she would have showed up, and she's like, okay, Twilight, I got this. I got the dragons, I got Discord. And then Twilight's like, oh, sorry, Starlight, we, we solved this with friendship. And they're just like, you know, cut to black or whatever. And then Trixie um, freezes the princesses with her magic wand, and the, then the sequel starts. I don't know. The, there's just there are better ways the movie could have gone, and I I don't mind them trying to like completely leave Equestria and find new stuff. I feel like if they had cut out even like there was like three places they went to, if they had cut out one of those and just worked with the characters more, it could have been better. Like if they'd have just stuck with the pirates, and the pirates are like, oh yeah, we know some other pirates who are also being forced to be merchants for for uh the storm king let's go get all our pirates together and we'll have like a pirate versus pirate you know fight scene at the end and we'll we we you know we, the, through the power of song we've learned that we're more than just merchants we're pirates again or some stupid shit like that like i think i have a trend in uh kids movies that i don't like 
This is mostly uh, for adaptations when it's a TV show and then they want to put it on the big screen. But I hate when suddenly the whole world is at stake when that's not a theme of the show. And it's like, well, it's a movie. We got to make it bigger. And I like how like the SpongeBob movie handles it by like the whole point was uh, just the Krabby Patty formula. Yep. And even though like they go on a big journey, it's still basically just about that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of hate I'm trying to think of a of an example where they they push it too far. Um, like the Rugrats movie uh, had way too much like threat of death in it. The thing with MLP, though, is, like, the season finales do get kind of like, oh, the fate of Equestria is in our hands. Like, Kiriko's fucking shit up. The Changelings are going to destroy, you know, Canterlot. Um, Sombra was going to destroy uh, the Crystal Empire. So, they've yeah. done some, like, they've, they had no, some they pretty do. decent-sized conflicts. They're just solved better than what they did in the movie. But I think that's also because they're kind of centralized in a place. Sure. Like, like when when Discord was basically threatening all of reality, they didn't go on a journal or they didn't go on a journey to like the seven uh, harmony shrines of Hyrule. You know what I right. mean? They it's solved like it they, there. They never, they never left Ponyville, even though a lot more was at stake. And I, I think they could have done a movie where, like, let's say the pirates invaded, and. In Canterlot, it's the pirates and the ponies, and they're they're butting heads over things. And then I really think like Twilight and Tempest should have been somewhere else, and they have more character growth. And when they finally get back to Canterlot, Tempest has to make a choice. I, and I feel like it might have been a more cohesive story if they if they reined it in just a little bit instead of having like four or five locations to sing songs in, right? I'm trying to like you know because I I I don't want to say I see a lot of kids movies but like you know like the Disney movies and the Pixar movies that come out I I generally go see them because I have been since I was a kid and there's something really special and fun about going to see a new you know Pixar movie unless it's like Cars Four or some shit. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like you know what what captivates me more. You know, like if I go watch Frozen or um, what was the last Pixar movie I watched? Probably. Did you see Coco? I did not. I, I, I've been, I'll get to it when it's out on DVD. It made me cry both times I saw it. Really? It really, it really got to me. But it visually, it's so boring. And I just, um, my friend lent me Book of Life, and I'm watching Book of Life, and it's like, man, these songs are fun. Book of Life is really the good. The Coco songs. Yeah, the Coco songs might be a little better with context, but Book of Life is so much fun to look at. Like you can you can pause the movie at like any scene and it looks neat. Sure. And Coco was boring and sad, and I think it was a very good movie, but it's not what I sit down and watch a cartoon for. Sure. And it's like Zootopia has this whole like racism metaphor and and Wally is about this romance that isn't working out, and he dies and sad. And then the um, Toy Story three is like the whole garage or the the garbage scene with the furnace is so like. There's so many like heavy sad moments in these cartoons. You know, Zootopia is maybe a good example of like 
like the the I feel like the threat in Zootopia is framed well enough and it feels realistic like like the idea of of like Nick going feral and like tearing apart Judy at the end with they like they fake it like it, it's sold up enough where it's like this feels like this could happen and you know it won't because it's a kids movie but I can at least buy into the danger there like when Judy faked taking the pill yeah wait what and it turned out she was pregnant uh, after all. comic I like that comic. It ruined the movie. I, bet it, <laughs> I cannot I look bet at it the same way. Did. I haven't actually seen the movie in a long time. But I, I damn I you, internet. Know. I think that movie's fun, but it handles some things like so it's heavy-handed. Uh, you know, ham-fisty. Yeah, I can I can see that. Oh, like uh, shoot, what's that movie? Um, Bright. Have you seen Bright yet? No. They have. Do you know what it is? Will Smith is in it, and apparently people don't like it. It's weird. It's like a, it's modern times, but like fairies and orcs are real. That sounds fun. And uh, Will Smith is partnered with the first orc cop because there's orc racism. I feel like I've seen this story before with like humans and robots. Well, you've seen it before with a bunny and a fox. And a, yeah, and a bunny and a fox. And it's handled so poorly. Like they... There, it's it's telling a message about how hey you shouldn't be prejudiced, but they do it with these examples where it's like yeah, but the the allegory for black people and minorities is literally like monsters with tusks, yeah, that are that are violent, and it's like you're not really selling the reason to not be racist. Like this is almost more racist than just telling a movie about humans. Yes. Oh, wait, it's like they, I, I don't. I haven't seen it. But they have an idea, and then they execute it so poorly. Sure. And I think that's rubbing some people the wrong way. Man, when's the last time Will Smith has been in a good movie? <laughs> I feel like it's been a while. Um, I don't know. Did you like that one where his son fought the saber tooth tiger? I never saw it because it looked like shit. It was. Yeah, I figured. I mean, you're. I. I feel like you're allowed to have an opinion, and you might actually like that one. So I won't tell you to not like it. But I personally didn't get impressed. That was a Shyamalan movie. It looked bad. Wondering if I should throw more liquor in a glass. Got twenty minutes left. So I'm trying to think of a kids' movie recently that I would actually recommend to a kid. Yeah, that's a weird thing because I'm not a kid. I don't like kids, and so like I go to these kids' movies or I watch them, and it's like this is a good movie, but. You know, I'm an adult, so I'm watching it in a completely different light. I used to teach Sunday school. You did, and this was like for years. So it's like I I have these relationships with um with with kids of varying ages, where I'll I'll get their opinions, and it's like, man, kids today really like Minecraft. They still like Pokemon and Sonic, but mostly they watch YouTube. Like they don't care about TV shows. They don't care about movies so much. And it's like the the kids' movies that make the most money are uh, we released an animated movie on a weekend with no other animated movies, so therefore it made money. Sure. And, and nothing like grasps like Frozen did. And I feel like people liked Frozen. Ugh. But it, it's also, I don't know, it's kind of a weird market right now. I liked Frozen. My friend had never seen Frozen before. And we went to Disney's California Adventure, 
and they have a, a live um, Frozen play. Oh, yeah. And so we're walking by the theater, and it says, like, you know, now showing Frozen. And he pointed and said, oh, that's funny. I've never seen Frozen. And one of the staff there, like, yelled at really? him. He said, you've never seen Frozen? And he's like, no, I've never seen it. He's like, it's, it's just, just free. Walk right in there. You gotta see Frozen. That's funny. Um, And he enjoyed it. Like, he, he, it was funny. He said that he hates that Let It Go song because it's everywhere. I love that song. But then song. we watched the play, and he was like, man, you know, in context, that's the best song ever. It really is. <laughs> it's so catchy, too. Well, you know what's good, though? Um, Have I told you about the Spanish soundtrack? Uh, no. I, I bought the Spanish album, and I feel like the movie would have been better if it took place in Mexico. Yeah. And I, let me tell you why. Um, I mean, the the I, I feel like the songs sound better when they're not in English because it sound more fun and exotic, and that's just a me thing. I mean, I feel like that happens but, with J-pop when you're watching anime, and you're like, this is a cool song, and you start reading yeah. the lyrics, and you're like, oh, man, this song is horrible. <laughs> yes, it's the same thing. Except with Frozen, the way they translate it, um, like the song Let It Go, it's not Let It Go, it's I Am Free. Oh. And it, like, makes more sense. Sure. And there's a song towards the beginning where uh, I think the I think the lyrics go, love is an open door. Yeah. But in Spanish, it's more like love opens doors, which is foreshadowing for how the movie ends. Yeah, that's better. And so I'm listening to the soundtrack in Spanish over and over. And it's like, you know, the they live somewhere where it already snows. So the idea of it snowing it isn't scary. But if this was like a Mexican princess and then a snowstorm hit, no one would know how to deal with it. And it'd be a threat. Yeah. And you could replace uh, the the um, you could replace the reindeer with a, a donkey and it would be the same character. Mm hmm. And you could have like a recurring sight gag of like a mariachi band where they have icicles on their hats. And like uh, Elsa's uh, frozen dress could be like one of those, um, like a wedding veil dress made out of ice. And like you, they could really lean into the Spanish, you know, art and stuff. And it's like the more I thought about it, the more I don't like Frozen anymore because I have this idea of a Mexican Frozen that would have been a better movie. Sure. Like, I want to see cacti with icicles hanging off of it, and it's like, what are we going to do, S.A.? Yeah. You know, you, you, you have the ability to draw. You could turn this into another webcomic you do. Bump it up to three. Shoot. That would be funny. And you know, this one would actually probably get people to look at it, because you just throw Frozen on there, and then hashtag it diversity or something, because it's... <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's how the internet works. I need to use the bathroom and also make another drink. Okay, you can go. So, amuse the audience for two and a half minutes. Not that way. Oh, you there? I'm here, I'm back. 
<laughs> in an effort to be healthy, I mix this one with V8 juice. Okay, that's good. I was just about to sing uh, My Little Pony songs for a mm. while, so you you saved the audience something awful. Oh, man. I would love to do a death metal version of Smile, Smile, Smile. But I don't know how I it heard an interesting remix. There was a... I found a metal cover of Open Up Your Eyes. And it was so bad... But it made me think about like what a good one would sound like, and it's like, man, I hope someone gets around to that. That's the the Tempest song. Yeah, because mm. the the lyrics are so emo, anyways. Yeah, that like, would actually kind of work. It it fit, and it's just it was so um, like if you think of death metal, I have a feeling that you personally have something good, and also something generic that you could imagine, and imagine the most generic thing. If you think the word metal. Sure. And it's like, man, what a waste of time to do that. I, I remember, like, at one point when the people were doing a lot of MLP music, and there probably still are, but there was some song someone did, and it was, um, it wasn't good, and then, like, the dude's, like, scream was horrible. Like, you could just tell he wasn't doing it right, and it didn't, it had, like, no presence, and someone's like, this is a really good metal song, and it's like, yeah, if you don't listen to metal, <laughs> this is horrible, what was wrong with you? Listen to Breaking Bonds. That's a good. That's a good My Little Pony song with the, with some metal vocals in it. I love these lyrics. It's um. It's time you learn to listen. It's time that you understand. Don't count on anybody else in this or any other land. And just you know, uh, compound that to infinity. That's the whole thing. With like email, like imagine how Scar sang in The Lion King. Yeah. It's like the same. It's the same visuals. Man, I kind of want to try to do this, but I also haven't been practicing at all for the last month because I like pulled my larynx, <laughs> going for a really low note. Yeah, you got to be careful. You really do. It sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh. horrible. I was I was getting so good at it, and then like I was like, oh, I should try to get better range. How low can I go? And then the answer was not that low unless I hurt myself. <clears throat> I can't go very low either. I have a I think I have a relatively deep voice, but not a very deep sure. voice. But, uh, oh, 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 oh. See that's cool. <laughs> I like doing, uh, see, that was good. And I want to hear a whole song where they actually lean into that style. God, I want to hear a death metal song in a kid's movie so bad. I think that'd be so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> oh, a good song. Have you seen, uh, The Legend of the Titanic? Mm, no. There's a weird sequence where a dog just starts rapping. I can dig that. It's, um... <laughs> if we're going to talk about kids' movies, I think uh, one point we didn't bring up is that most of them are just garbage because they're, they're cashing in on the fact that kids are stupid. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Like, most of the kids' movies I've ended up seeing I've actually liked. Like, I recently saw um, Sing. I oh, had yeah? a fucking good time with that movie. Like, my expectations weren't very high. It's like, oh, they're parodying American Idol. It's probably going to be stupid. 
And then it actually had like way more character development in it than it had any right to have. And it had a pretty big cast of characters. And then it had a lot of fucking fun songs. And Scarlett Johansson sang a cool rock song. It's called Titanic, The Legend Goes On. And the song is called Party Time. <laughs> Titanic, The Legend Goes On, Party Time. Spelt one of those words wrong, but you don't know which one it is. But it's it's a weird movie because it's about the Titanic sinking. So there shouldn't be a rap song called It's Party Time. They're mice. I have the right one, right? They're mice. Yeah, that's that's right. The fuck, like the the, the <laughs> talking doesn't match the mouth movement at all. No, it's bad. It's um. You know, there's something you should know. So Holy I'm shit! Here it starts. So. They... Don't sweat it. Forget okay. it. Okay. Enjoy the show. All day. Now it's time to Holy fuck! Yeah, I mean, I hope anyone listening is uh familiar with this. If not, look up Titanic, the animated movie. It's party time. It's funny because you got to see it once. The, um, the dog is kind of a dark gray color, but he's clearly a white rapper. But it's also like not lip synced at all. And he's just like he's wearing a T-shirt that says New York, and like dancing to. Was this made in the nineties? Like, be- I don't know when it was made, but it was made in Italy. It, this because this is like this is screaming like nineties. And I don't know how much you know about Italian animated Titanic movies. Not a whole lot, no. But most of them borrow heavily from Disney characters. Like, there's, I think there's more than one evil stepsister in this movie. It's like, why not? <laughs> it's a little... It's a, And like the grandmother um, that takes care of Tweety Bird is in this movie. And the Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians are in this movie. Um, Relativeville is an interesting villain because all that bitch wanted was a coat made out of puppies. Which is legal. Yeah, I mean, it's fucked up, but she, she could do it. Yeah, that's the that's the best thing. Like, I feel like most Disney villains are doing something illegal. And she's like, no, she's just rich. She's just a rich cunt. I love that a song... You know what? And the topic of kids' movies... Going back to more classic Disney era, um, back when the world was a lot more racist... Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, the way that they treated villains where they could die and it was okay because they're bad guys. Yep. And I love like Ursula's song about how she's basically like bending truths a little bit and talking about how she uses her magic to help people. But it really it's a monkey's paw thing. Sure. But she goes through that whole song like pitching a thing about how she's mended her ways and it's like, hey, don't believe any of the bad stuff. I'm always helping people out. Even though there's a long list of stuff where it don't help people out. <laughs> um, and it's like, it it's just, it's fun. Like I mentioned Scar earlier. I love him as a Scar villain. Scar is great. Um, have, have you seen Kimba the White Lion? No, but I have seen The Lion King, so I've basically seen Kimba the White Lion. That's a that's an interesting side-by-side. Yeah, I imagine. <clears throat> um, I love The Lion King, but it makes me so sad when I watch it. And then also, like, kind of fucks me up mentally, because... Simba goes through this weird, like, existential breakdown where he he's just like, I'm going to become a hippie and eat bugs. And I, it, it gets hard for me to wrap my head around some of the shit that goes on. Because I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like, man, nothing means anything. Maybe I should become a hippie and eat bugs. It kind of worked out for I him. I think The Lion King is the first movie where I recognized the voice actor and it ruined the movie for me. Because I couldn't just see the voice actor. Mm. 
<laughs> in fact, I when uh, there was an episode of Home Improvement where the they're like some kids and they're playing with lion toys, and the voice actor that played Simba comes over and he's like, "Boy, it's you know it's tough being a lion. Um, everybody just wants you to be king." And like as a kid, I'm watching the TV and I'm like, "Oh, shut up." I I want to hear a death metal version of "I just can't wait to be king" either, like that. The do 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 do. Like, like as a guitar would be would be so cool. Like just like a screaming guitar, then you just start what you just start chugging that shit. And I don't remember how any of the words in that song, so I'm not gonna sing them. I think I think it could work. I think it'd be cool. There's a really fun. Um, I love that song from the the. Shoot, what's that song called? Or the movie is um the Princess and the Frog. I never saw that one. I love the villain song. Like, I, I think on record, let me just say, I love all villain songs. Like, that's what I pull from movies. They're usually pretty good. Like, so Scars like, is great. Yeah, and again, Tempest. Um, The villain song from uh, Princess and the Frog is so fun. Because it's... uh. Do you know anything about that movie? I know there's a princess and there's a frog. So how the prince turns into a frog... Is it's a New Orleans like witch doctor. Oh really? And so what he does is he does this whole like, you know, uh like kind of swindler act where he's like turning cards around and stuff. And he, he pulls the prince into his parlor and does this whole song about how he has friends on the other side and and he tells his uh his like tarot fortune. So he's turning the cards over and there's this great animated sequence where he's he's telling the prince what he wants to hear while these cards are flying by and it's so fun and just energetic and it's the same thing as ursula where he's being slimy but you understand why the prince would believe him cool i I need an netflix movie and it's animated so great i oh i love that movie man we're we're like 56 minutes um i feel like if we're gonna talk about kids movies i want to at least hit the one i really really like the most and that's over the hedge Oh, okay. I love that movie because Bruce Willis is a raccoon stealing food from people. That's great. I think that's a cute movie, but I forget about it. I watch that movie like at least like once or twice a year. Like it's it's a movie my my whole family really likes. So it's like if we're like hanging out at like eating supper or something, and it's like, what should we do? It's like, well, let's just throw it over the hedge because that movie's adorable, and also it's it's really funny. I think if we're gonna say favorite kids movie. Uh, I want to say Star Wars. Bold move, Cotton. And well, that's that's the thing. I, mean, I want to point it's out a, it's so fucking kids movie. It's like the hero's journey is about a kid who's like, I'm gonna go save the world by learning magic and laser, and swords. laser swords. I mean, it's it's literally just He Man, but live action. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I think some of these people get it up their butt that they're they're some sort of like art snob by understanding Star Wars lore and it's like it's supposed to be fun and it is fun and I understand it, it's uh I think my favorite complaint about the last Jedi is uh, I saw somebody on 4chan say and I quote I spent the last two years debating Snoke's origin story on Reddit and I feel like I wasted my life and that was his negative review of The Last Jedi. I love that. And it's like, dude, you're saying a lot more about yourself than you are the movie. It's like everything wrong with society. I mean, there's no and, racism it's in like there, a, but there's, there's, you know, everything else is wrong with society. Yeah. 
at, at last year's uh, Star Wars convention, like they actually had George Lucas there, and that was his first like Star Wars appearance since he sold to Disney. Mm-hmm. And somebody actually asked him a question about the prequels. Like, do you regret making the prequels or blah, blah, blah? And it was one of those things where they're setting him up for it's like, everyone hates the prequels. How do you feel about right. that? And he stood there. <laughs> Did you see this? No. He stood there for a couple seconds and he took a deep sigh. And then he said they were made for 12 year olds. That's a perfect and fucking answer. So when I was 12 and they came out, it, I liked well, them. It was. And here's the thing. People in the audience, like it wasn't a standing ovation, but there are people in the audience that are like, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, that's that's all we want to hear." Dude, when I was twelve, the and, fucking pod racer scene was the shit. I love Jar Jar. I actually still like Jar Jar, but I really like that first one a lot. And now I go back and you know, watch I it. I don't it's fucking horrible. <laughs> I don't like Jar Jar. I like Jar Jar, but I like the Gungans as a race. And I kind of I want to play a Gungan in like a a D twenty game, because they're kind of cool. Yeah. And it's like it it turns into a joke because people are so snobby about it, but it's like no, it's supposed to be fun. Like they're supposed to be, uh, you know, like kid like fantasy and tropey characters and good versus evil, and it's just it's so. I don't know. It makes me sad when people take these movies too seriously. Mm-hmm. Because they should be appreciated, and they should be fun, and they should be celebrated. And if you don't like them, that's okay. That doesn't mean that God has forget has you know forgotten that you exist, and you're forsaken, and you have to wander the earth as a miserable sad sack. It's just a it movie. It is okay to not like a movie. So it's just kind of <laughs> there's a there's a show I like called Unfriend Me, and they'll they'll have like controversial debates and try to just like let people you know, decompress a little sure. bit. And so they talked about The Last Jedi because the reviews are so controversial. And <laughs> somebody wrote in and their their complaint was, um, ever since uh, Empire Strikes Back, I've slowly been disappointed with every single Star Wars movie that comes out. And it's like, okay, that's like over 20 years of disappointment. Maybe you just don't like Star Wars. Yeah, you only like two of them. Stop movies. holding a grudge. Also, the last, you know, the turn is Empire Strikes Back, and what was the? I don't know Star Wars very well, but the one with the Ewoks is my favorite. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that used to be my favorite. I think, I think A New Hope is my new favorite, but I like Return of the Jedi because I like Jabba the Hutt and I like the Ewoks, and I Luke's like Darth Vader and Luke. Movie. Fucking kills a bunch of people. He comes. He's not a whiny asshole anymore. Um, I I don't know. There's a lot to like in that movie. The Ewoks are cool. Those things would like skull fuck their enemies. You, you know it's true. <laughs> they're furry little dicks. They're they're, they're literal savages. Yeah. I mean, uh, that party at the end, like that. They're probably getting so drunk on like this weird urine made shit because the Ewoks don't have an FDA. I love um, the guy that plays uh, Wicket. I don't know who that is. Wicket W. Warren. That didn't help. Um, the the Ewok that meets Princess okay, Leia. There you go. He's he's such a cool person. Have you met him? 
Um, no, I mean like the, but he he like he hosts panels at conventions mm. and stuff, and he's he's acted in other things. Um, he was actually the lead in Willow. Okay. Um, but it, he's such a fun person, and it's like I I think about what it must have been like to be on the set when they were filming that movie, and it's like it that's got to be just a neat experience because it's it's the fun where everyone knows what Star Wars is, so they care. But it's also not the prequel thing where they're trying too hard. Sure. And it's like, I, I I wish I could have been on the set for that movie in particular. Because that would have been really interesting. I agree. The reason I asked you if you knew him is because I know you've you've worked like Comic-Con stuff before. So I, I figure you might have actually met him. Like that was a legitimate question. Yeah, I I haven't been lucky enough to meet him. Um, I did bump into the guy that played Yondu. In Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Michael Rooker. Yeah, he's he is a hoot. I fucking I've listened to podcasts with like where he's like the interview guest and he's fucking awesome. He is. Um, I actually watched Guardians of the Galaxy two the other day and had a good time. He uh he actually he showed up to um at the at the Marvel booth they had a kids costume contest and then he showed up to be the judge. Oh, yeah? And it was so much fun because he said, oh, I can't pick costumes. We had to turn this into a dance off. And like they're having everybody dance on stage in front of everybody. And everyone's like cheering them on and having so much fun. It was just so neat. It's great when you like find out like a, a, a dude you like in a thing is also like just a fucking cool dude. You know, there's a there's a weird correlation. This happens a lot more in wrestling, but it happens in uh, theater as well. That the people that play villains tend to be a lot nicer people in real life. And it's because they know how to have fun, and it's fun to do something different. So that's why they get gravitate towards like villain Man, roles or gonna, complicated roles. If I was gonna be in a thing, I would so want to be a villain. I feel like you get the cool, you exactly. always get the coolest song, for one thing. But like, it's just like, like a good, like good villains make stories. Typically, like you need to have like you know the hero has to 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 overcome something big or something cool or like I don't know like. I, People remember Iago when they read Othello because Iago is the only interesting character in that fucking play. Well, like, uh, Wrath of Khan was the first good Star Trek movie because it had an interesting villain. Right. And it was actually, it was written about him because the <laughs> the first movie was so over-budgeted and it also didn't have, like, a villain and it was such a mess and so they went to this other director and said, okay, here's your, like, quarter of a budget. Can you make a Star Trek movie off of this? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. And he'd never actually seen Star Trek before. Dude, if someone asks so you after, if you can make a movie off a thing and you're, like, a new director, you, you fucking say yes and you, you do your research you later. <laughs> so he, he watched the first Star Trek movie and went, oh, jeez. And then he sat down and watched all the Star Trek episodes. And when they got to the episode with Khan, he was like, hey, wait a minute. Kirk just left him on a planet. And he's a good villain. Let's just write a movie about like what happens to him like after he's left alone to his own devices. And that's what like inspired what people refer to as the, the best Star Trek movie sure. by writing it around a villain. No, I, I, I totally agree. You're like I don't like some of like the comics I read where like you have like these weird anti hero characters that clearly doing bad shit, but they feel like they're kinda doing a good thing and they're just enough unhinged where it's so much more compelling than, than I don't know Superman going and going to apocalypse and beating up a bad guy. 
it, yeah. It's weird. And I and I, I think um, you know, we wanted to talk about kids' movies, and we're going to be wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that makes a good kids' movie is a uh, a story that anybody can appreciate, and it, I don't just mean simple enough for a kid to understand, but I mean deep enough for an adult to also enjoy it. I mean, like something like Shrek, right? Where it's really just like a fish out of water story. Like the, the, here's this ogre. He, he doesn't like himself. People don't like him. And he goes and he does this thing that's impressive. And I think people can relate to that because you can see yourself in Shrek because you have flaws and you know what your flaws are and you can see them in this character in some form or another, whether physical or metaphorical. Um, and I don't like. I feel like it's you can connect with that. And like Shrek is a really good movie. And then they made like six more. I like the fourth one. But you're not wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it really does come down to like it's you're telling a good story. You're just lowering certain parts of it to a, a friendly level where kids aren't going to be terrified. And I think. Like, that was one of the complaints of the Powerpuff Girls movie, was that it's too dark and too scary. But I don't think it is, because there's no um, peril, because the girls are superpowers. And most people understand, like, if you watch the show, you know what they've been through. Right. And also, that um, show is violent as fuck. That's why it was yeah, great. Yeah, it's like, they've actually been through worse than what's in the movie. But it's like, if you compare it to Winnie the Pooh that released a week earlier... Yeah, it's a little more heavy. So, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, like, I don't, I don't know a lot of kids. Like, I don't really like kids. I've said that before. Um, I also feel like you don't want to like underestimate them, though. Like, you can have them watch a movie that has some darkness to it, and it's not gonna fuck them up. Yeah, you know, I want to say this real quick. With all the work I've done with kids, the only thing I've learned is that they're human beings, and you can't, you can't treat them differently. There's some things that maybe they're not ready to deal with yet, but you can't pretend that just telling them a lie that like Santa Claus is real or whatever and gumdrops and rainbows will satisfy a natural curiosity. And I, I I've noticed a lot of parents, uh, they they want to just hand their kids a fantasy that everything is simple. But what I remember from being a kid myself is that. I kind of knew better, and I knew there was something more to life than what I'm being told. You know what yeah. I mean? And sometimes you only get that through movies that are willing to tell sad moments or complicated emotions. Like, oh man, you know, I could talk by myself for a whole hour about how much I hate Inside Out, because it's, it's such a bad movie. Oh, I, I, I enjoy that movie, but I recognize that it has some problems. It, um, I, I, and I feel like it was written by adults in a way where it's like they're talking down to kids. And then I watched some other stuff like, um, I don't know, this Lakers catching up to me, so I can't remember. <laughs> but I, I, I walked out of Inside Out angry that the movie existed. And I normally don't feel that way about art. Sure. So I feel like they did something wrong. I, I, walked out I, I don't know. We've talked enough. Do you want to wrap up? Do you want to wrap up? Closing thoughts? Um, Closing thoughts. MLP movie is fine. It's really pretty and it's got some fun songs. So you know, if you if you're willing to kill an hour and a half, there are worse ways to do it. 
Like, you know, shooting heroin is worse than that My Little Pony movie. So, you know, A or B, you fuckers. Yeah, you know what? That's that's very true. <laughs> a or B. <laughs> Sorry if we went on too long. Nah, it's fine. Um, I do want to say a quick glad space. Um, I've been really stressed out and depressed lately. I'm sorry to hear that. And, well, no, because it's my fault. Because I'm letting silly things get to me. And I do want to just remind anybody out there that's maybe feeling a little rough right now. Uh, it's okay to go outside and take a break. Um... It feels a little silly, you know, closing yourself off from the world for 10 minutes. But if you take that 10 minutes to just breathe in fresh air, sometimes that really does, you know, help correct uh, the course you're on. Yeah. You know, those little things are going to keep bugging you and you got to deal with them. But it doesn't mean they have to really drag you down. My glad space and, and, is uh, vodka and V8. And Kevin, Kevin, if you're out there, I hate you. Oh, poor Kevin. You know who you Fucked are. up, Kevin. Okay, you're V8? V8 and vodka. I'm, I'm enjoying this. D- well, did you get the uh, the margarita no, mix? No, I'm just using or the um, V8. The, the Bloody Mary mix. V8 makes a Bloody Mary where you don't need the vodka and it tastes good. I'll have to buy that because I like V8. I bet there's vegetables in it. They don't sell it with the juice. They sell it with the alcohol. So go to the alcohol aisle and find the V8 there. And, you know, grab some vodka if you want it, but it's not necessary. Like, I just, I have a glass before I go out for the day, and I feel good the rest of the day. So that's a good one, too. Yeah. You tagged my glad space, made it gladder. It's Gladys. Like, Gladys, but I pronounced it a little wrong. Make a joke. I get it. Horrible. That's a fucking awful way to end this, which was why we're gonna do it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. If if you want to listen to me sing My Little Pony show tunes, um, come into my bedroom. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop recording, but if you're here live, I'll sing to you. <laughs> <laughs>